0: Intentionally would
1: be to be more intentional with our
0: finances, like be in charge of them instead of them in charge of us. My one intentional thing is not using credit cards. It has really helped my husband and I have come out of financial bondage.
2: My one thing has been uh, finances and making sure that I tithe and give offerings. This year I'm using the envelope system, putting cash in each envelope and just only spending that amount on each individual this year. You know, that one intention. I did my checkbook that month. I went out and I really focused on what you said, that one intention not spending money, you know, frivolously and this and that. And the next month I did my checkbook and I had $50 in it more.
3: And I thought, okay, that was pretty good. And I'm going to do this for the next month and the next month.
1: There you go. We're talking money again today as we focus on one thing that you're all doing to deal with the financial stress of our culture today in our country. And, you know, we, we know what's going on with inflation, uh, with financial stress, with the uncertainty within the stock market for those of you that are uh, in the marketplace. And I think of those of you who are single moms and dads and those of you that are going paycheck to paycheck. And especially I'm thinking of some of you who are retired and you plan for this stage in your life, but you didn't plan for this, to be in this stage of your life, the financial stress, and you're struggling because you're trying to to live on whatever's coming in from Social Security or maybe a small pension or whatever it is that you're facing. And so everybody listening today is facing something different. You got some unique challenges. I understand that. We want to help you by giving you some practical one things from the community of Intentional Living today that are working working for them that maybe will help you. And so if you got a comment, you can share it with us at 888 1717 for our comment line. The callers on the air today are already set and ready to go. All right? But uh, nonetheless, we'd love your comments as well. Uh, 888-888-1717. Let me start, uh, Vivian, first, and then, Louise, what? hang on. I'll get to you in a moment. Welcome, Vivian. How you doing?
3: Hi, doing great. I just I was talking about the one thing intentional. It's just first to begin with is tithing, tithing, and giving offerings. The first, you know, the first part of my paycheck. You know, I'm a school teacher, and I I think I'm, I make a pretty good living. You know, uh, as far as paycheck is what I, what I'm used to. But um, like I said, it just it God changed my heart. I was very selfish and reluctant to give all the time. I always thought they were just scamming me. But, you know, when God changed my heart, I mean, I I couldn't give enough. I I mean it's even more than the tie that's you mm. know, it's and it's something that God you know, I I, I ask God, you know, put someone in, in, in my place and put someone in front of me that I can help. And and that that changed my finances. I'm we're out of debt. We don't have a mortgage payment. We don't, you know, we we only have one car payment, and, you know, I don't have to count my pennies when I go to the grocery store. I don't have to worry about the gas prices. Um, you know, God did give me a, an autistic child, so I do have to care for that one, but I'm, I'm financially able to provide a future for her, you know, um, you know looking, looking at ways to support her when I'm gone. Um, so, you know, and, less, and the one thing I want to mention is God also gave me a heart to want less. Yeah. You know, not to want jewelry, not to want fancy this or fancy that. I I wore the same clothes for God, you know, for over 10 years, you know, you know, just, you know, I just don't desire it and lavish things.
1: Yeah, I was going um, to ask Vivian with people listening, you said, okay, tithing. So in other words, I'm taking more out of the checkbook, giving it to the church mm-hmm. or ministry, and yet I'm finding more financial freedom. How has the fact that you're choosing to tithe impacted, you? you mm-hmm. shared some already, how does that impact how you view money, the, the rest of it, the other ninety percent? How does that impact you?
3: It, it's still God's money. It's still God's money, and you know, even even though I have more, I still I'm still responsible on how I'm going to spend it. How, you know, you know doing you know doing it for good. Even if I go to a restaurant and I give the waiter an extra tip, it's I'm doing it for God. I'm, I'm showing God's love to that person.
1: Absolutely. Well, Vivian, thank you for calling today from Arizona, learning to be content, learning to be faithful and tithing. Is that a new concept? A tenth. That's what tithe means, a tenth. And uh, there's nothing magical. It's in scripture. And of course, it's an attitude that as Vivian said, everything is God's. I'm not giving it to him. I'm, I'm sort of giving back what he's already given to me as a recognition, not because God needs it. God doesn't have a a chief financial officer in heaven doing the books and seeing how cash flow is in light of the inflation today, uh, but it's our—it's for us. There's something that happens within us when we're faithful. Thank you, Vivian. Appreciate it, uh, Louise. Let me come to you, and then Joanne, you'll be next. So uh, hang on. Uh, Louise is on line three in New Mexico. How are you doing today? I am excellent. Terrific. Talk money. Talk to me
3: okay um what my husband and i have decided to do is whatever we go to any store walmart the grocery store whatever whatever we decide to buy we look at it and say is this a need or a want and we have to be very um well intentional because sometimes our wants feel like needs but when we're together, especially, we can, uh, you know, discuss it. But mainly the thing is deciding need versus want.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what? When you think about it, as Americans, it's easy to get those categories confused, things that we actually uh, want, and we sometimes say, I need that. And so vocabulary matters, and stopping to be intentional at that moment to make that decision, need or want, can change your life. It adds up over a lifetime. You know, everything in intentional living begins with a decision. It begins by the first step of saying, I'm deciding either money's going to control me or I'm going to choose to control it for God's glory. And that's really a decision we have to make. That's what we're talking about today. Love to have you join in on our comment line, 888-888-1717. Uh, Joanne uh, left this comment um from new mexico she says she's using the envelope system the envelope system which means you put in envelopes and you know what it means put envelopes and put money in each one old-fashioned yep does it work certainly if you work the system the system will work that's the bottom line uh let's take a break we'll be back with more calls on intentional living this is intentional living with your host dr randy carlson intentional living is furnished by parent talk incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners this program is not a substitute for professional counseling medical financial or legal advice intentional living is not intended to be therapy by radio we are intentional living and we'll be right back what do you do if a blended family isn't blending hi i'm dr randy carlson with another intentional living minute Remember, in a blended family, you're typically joining in during the second or third act of the play that was written before you even showed up without helping to even write the script. And when you step into the play, you may be disrupting a play that was already in process. And that's a reality. Remember that each person brings their own hurts and expectations and anger to the situation we call a blended family. So don't try to rewrite the script too soon but intentionally stand together. And can I encourage you and your blended family to be patient, to play your supportive role, to help your spouse to be successful in raising their children. Stand together, pray for each other. And when you do, that's intentional living. Visit us at theintentionallife.com. Intentional Living, Dr. Randy here in our Intentional Living studio and Intentional Living Center with Jennifer flying the aircraft today, our chief engineer and Stephen producing. And uh, we always welcome your calls today. We got the calls lined up, but your comments are welcome at AAA 888 1717 And Gino stopped by to make sure we get on Facebook live. Thank you, Gino. Looking good over there today. Got the lighting right, makeup. How am I doing? About as good as it's going to get, isn't it, brother? <laughs> this is as good as it gets, <laughs> which ain't so great. But uh, anyway, uh, you make it great when we talk about money, and we're talking about finances. And today, with there's increasing inflation and economic stress, and uh, just the credit card debt, consumer debt, credit card debt in America has jumped from uh, seven hundred and Ninety billion to eight hundred and ninety billion in one year. It's a hundred billion dollars in one year, probably due to inflation, more going on credit card. What I found interesting, at least in one statistic that I read, uh, they broke it down the credit card debt by age group. And my wife and I were looking at it this morning. I said, "Well, hey, I covered it up." I said, "Well, guess what age group you think has the most credit card debt?" And she said, "Well, probably the younger folks, you know, the thirty-somethings with family and so on." And of course, it's very high. It was 75 plus. People over 75 had the most credit card debt. Now, either that's because it's accumulated over all the years, which maybe is very true. Or as uh, being on fixed income, you find yourself having to rely more on credit card to get by from month to month. I don't know. But it was every age category, a substantial number. I guess the question is, what, what, how much of that $890 billion do you owe? Hopefully not not that much. <laughs> That's a big number. Okay, Gary, you're next. Sandra, hold on. I'm interested to find out how you paid off your home. There, Sandra. Uh, Gary is next in uh, Texas. Hi, Gary. How you doing? Hi, hey, sir. Doing good. How are you? Good. What's uh, What's one thing you do, Gary, with with money to find a little more freedom well, and flexibility?
4: Part of it was recognizing the purpose of the purchase or the or the the purpose of the item that you're going to purchase um, if it's if it's a vehicle and the purpose is to get you from point a to point b you might not need the heated seats and the you know and the 22 inch rims but if the purpose of the vehicle is to advertise your business then you want it to be as impressive as possible but when you recognize the purpose of the item you know it doesn't have to be the gucci
1: mm-hmm. or it doesn't
4: have to be the the um, the top of the line if if you need a good pair of work shoes, then get a good pair of work shoes, but it doesn't have to be a name brand. It, it will accomplish the same purpose, and you could take that extra money and use it towards groceries or uh, rent or utilities. So it depends on the purpose of the item, and if you, you know, do you have to have the, uh, the heated seats and the backup camera? Do you have to have the glitter? Do you have to have the, the, um, the emblem on the shirt, or will another shirt serve the same purpose?
1: Yeah, when I mean, you, so, you look at some right. of the prices on uh, tennis shoes and sports shoes that uh, people buy, especially young people, and they want the status, they want the name, or the jeans that have the name on it and so on, and you can add an awful lot, and you start doing that over time, that, that adds up to be significant dollars.
4: It does. It, really, it truly does. Now, you do need to recognize that sometimes there's a purpose for those items. Um, my granddaughter was having a hard time. Uh, in high school and we bought her a coach laptop bag and believe it or not within 30 days she was on the cheer team so interesting uh sometimes (laughs) yeah sometimes it's the acceptance or sometimes it will get you the recognition especially for your business or for your um uh for your spouse for acceptance you know i mean you don't want to send her out uh, into a professional business environment with a Walmart purse, you may want to spend the money because it's going to come back to you in the business recognition and the contacts that she makes, because you represent yourself in a different way. That's right. So recognize the purpose of the item, and then uh, you know, can you can you do with the item that doesn't have a logo? Can you do an item that? And there are items that are better than the logo items, but they just don't get the recognition. Yeah. So maybe. Take a moment to analyze what is the purpose of this item before you buy it, and then how can you achieve that purpose?
1: Very good, Gr- great reminder, uh, Gary. Thank you for your call. V- a lot of wisdom there in Texas It got me <laughs> thinking. During during the uh, pandemic, for about a year there, uh, we were kind of my wife and I were pretty cautious, staying home, and and I was even um, I even reverted to trying to cut my own hair, which wasn't a pretty sight, I might add. But I thought I was doing a pretty good job, and so as things got loosened up, and and my barber, who I who I like and does a great job, was back in business again. I said, "Well, I, don't, I said, I'm not sure I'm doing a good job," and she looked at me and said, um, "I think that would be a good investment." <laughs> so, Gary, you're right. There are some things that are worth the investment. You know, a good haircut might be one of those things. Certainly, it was for me. Okay, uh, Sandra is. Let me see here. Sandra's in Texas. Hi, Sandra. how you doing? I'm
0: doing fine.
1: Fantastic. It says here you paid off your house early. How'd you do that?
0: We uh, first, it was financed to where the payment came out every two weeks. And then later on, as we began to have some extra money, we started paying the extra pre, uh, we started paying toward the principal. And we got a $30,000 house paid off in about 11 years, I'd say. And it should have been about a 17-year with the with the every-two-week payment. And we were tithing at the time. And um, like your other caller said, we were watching our purchases. Didn't have to have all the flashy stuff. And then... We kind of got into using credit cards and had to file for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. But then when we needed a a car shortly thereafter, we applied the same principle to pay off, to, to, to pay extra as we had the money. And I believe we paid the car off about two years earlier than we should have.
1: And so at this point, the car's paid off. Are you using credit cards or are you off the credit card trail or what?
0: Credit card, up.
1: Yeah. Man, no, no more credit cards. Not all, right.
0: Gotten another.
1: all right. Well, good for you. No credit cards and uh, paying off the debt. I think sometimes we have to get hurt a little bit in life. What I mean by that is um, go through a difficult time. Maybe, maybe you face the financial stress like, like Sandra did and you wake up one day and say enough of that. You know, that's not something I want in the future. Again, back to the first principle of intentional living, I think is an emotion. I think there, we have to have an emotion if we want to be intentional with our lives. That That's almost discussed when you look at whatever it is. You know, you just say, hey, this isn't honoring God. This is lousy with our finances. There's got to be a better way. Um, we got to stop criticizing each other, blaming the government. Hey, listen, we've been through this before. Those of us who lived in the 70s, you saw inflation Big time. You saw what happened there. We have we have the economy going up and down uh, throughout a lifetime. Can't blame the government. Can't blame the economy. These things are a reality. They're there. It's a matter of how we choose to respond to it, prepare for it. It's our decision. And intentional living is first coming to that level of saying, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm done with this. And uh, there's a better way. And, and we've been sharing some thoughts today that hopefully have been helpful for you, practical for you. we got some more to go. Let's take a quick break, though, first, uh, Jennifer and then uh, we'll be right back. The point of Leah's story to me is that God sees even when others don't see. You don't see the father stepping up and saying, oh, honey, I'm sorry, you know, you're my firstborn, and I, I love you, but you know, you're just, you know, this just didn't work out. And you don't hear any of that. You just hear Leah facing this relationship, being in this marriage with her sister and Jacob, and being the unloved one, being the tolerated one. And i think in our generation today you can be and i can be in relationship with other people where we're we're not feeling accepted for who we are valued for who we are but only tolerated because of what either we can contribute to the relationship or because of being stuck in the relationship and that hurts mm. it's uh, the lesson this month i'm calling you know how god makes up the difference you know how god loves the unloved and i mean we know as Christians, we know God loves everyone and certainly loves the unloved and he provides salvation. But I, I really wanted to go uh, beyond that and talk a little bit about in the practical terms of if you feel maybe you know Christ and you're you're a follower of Christ and you love Christ and yet you still feel unloved in your marriage. You feel unloved in your family, just in those feelings, they, they trouble you and you don't know how to respond. Maybe it shows up in points of anger or frustration or a loneliness or withdrawal. One of the things I saw as I was studying Scripture, characters in the Scripture like Leah, you want to talk about an unloved woman, hello, go read it for yourself in the book of Genesis. You know, you're you're the big sister, you get married, then the guy finds out he married the wrong woman. I don't know where he was all night, but that's another issue. He wakes up the next day and says, oh, there's Leah. Who, by the way, the Scripture says, in so many words, was the unattractive one, and he wanted the attractive one, Rachel. And um, he worked another seven years for Rachel, and it says, and it's interesting. The Bible says, when God saw that Leah was unloved, He opened her womb. It's an amazing story. And then I started to see other stories in Scripture of God stepping into those, into the lives of those who were unloved. And so that's the lesson this month. Members, watch for it. I'd love your feedback. Share it with others. Uh, Maybe your pastor's looking for a message outline. It's a great message outline. Um, And I hope you enjoy it. By the way, for those of you who are joining with the Intentional Living family today in support of the ministry, we'll make sure you start receiving the lessons for your monthly support. All you have to do is go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. And click on that donate button. All right, talking money. Let's get back to the calls. Taylor in Arizona. Uh tell me, what uh, what have you learned about money, my friend?
2: Well, um, it's kind of I was mentioning to whoever I talked to, I think it was Steven that it's more of a trust thing that I've learned to do with finances.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, I'm kind of a new Christian as of the summer of my freshman year of college. This year's my senior year, so it's you. just under three years for me and um I did a 90-day challenge through my church up in Flagstaff when I go to college. And um, it was a really cool experience because it was basically just teaching us how to really trust God with our finances, and not just tithing, but doing things for good and giving to others when you know you're not sure how you're gonna do, and just giving that all to God. And after the challenge ended, it was a really great way to realize that God really does provide for me. So since then, I've just made it a habit to start you know, obeying that command of tithing and doing that every time I get a paycheck even when I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to be okay because I know that God will provide for me. So That's it's great. kind of simple, but it's new.
1: <laughs> well, good for you, Taylor. Now, you're graduating from uh, Flagstaff, so you're going to NAU, mm-hmm. Northern Arizona University. Uh, and what are you graduating in? What's your degree?
2: Um, I'm graduating in early childhood and elementary education. Hmm. Um and a math minor, so I'm going to have a fifth year up there next year, but I'm actually really excited because I'll be able to be in this uh, leadership position with my church group up there called Chi Alpha, and if any of them are listening, then that's kind of cool, but yeah, I'm very excited because I've kind of grown a lot in my faith since I started, and I'm really excited to see what God does in that year for me um, right before I graduate, so.
1: That's fantastic. What what got you started spiritually? I mean, what what led you to coming to Christ?
2: I mean, it is kind of a long story, but the gist of it was just the fact that, and I apologize, my voice is gone, I'm kind of sick, Um, I don't normally sound like this, Um, but basically I had an experience at the end of my high school time where I really did feel like I felt God's presence, it was like really random, I always grew up agnostic and didn't really believe in a specific God, and no one in my family goes to church and everything, and then over time, After that experience initially happened, I kind of forgot about it and then went back to my usual ways, and after about a year of, well, not even a year, about seven months of a very bad relationship, I kind of got into this really broken place where God could come in and heal me, and that's where I really discovered that it was real, like all this stuff that I kept hearing about Jesus and everything like that was actually a legitimate thing, and the cool part about my testimony, and I'm sorry, I'll try to be quick, is that Um, I really was, like, concerned about believing in Jesus, like, I believed in God, but I couldn't get the Jesus part, and so I was, like, writing in this journal trying to, like, use that as a prayer mechanism at the time, because I was so awkward about praying, you know, if you don't grow up in that, it's kind of weird, and I was asking God if He could show me, like, a sign or something, you know, to really just prove to me that Jesus was the real deal within that week, and legitimately, like, within that week, I was at Arby's working a shift, and that lady came in to order her sandwich and handed me something that said, in search of truth, and it was this perfect sign from God, like, representation of, like, the reason why Jesus exists, and it was, like, this little story about someone who was kind of in the same boat that I was, so mm. it was really cool. Wow.
1: Hey, listen, Taylor, God bless you. Thank you for calling, and congratulations on your your selection for uh, for school, but... Way beyond that, for your choice, decision to be intentional in giving your life to Christ. And uh, may God grant you many years of joy and service and healthy relationships and all the good things that can come as you choose to live intentional as a young person in Christ. And, you know, I was thinking as you were sharing, Taylor, that one of the, the, one of the passions of my life, I was thinking about it yesterday, sitting at home in my Lazy Boy chair and thinking and and planning a little bit how as a ministry now more than ever we have to have a passion for the next generation those of us have been around for a while we've lived a little bit if we don't reach this next generation we're going to lose a generation what's going on in the world today and i know every generation says that but come on look at it now look at what's happening in our culture um, where our young people are being confused they're hearing lots of messages They need intelligent talk. They need real life examples of life change. They need to hear the truth of God's intentional love for them. And so I say to parents listening, grandparents, I say to coaches, teachers, each of us, we have an opportunity and a responsibility to reach this next generation. And Taylor, you're an example of that. God bless you. Someone came and handed you something that was the catalyst That just moved you that little bit to say, "Hey, that's a sign from God. That's powerful." Thank you for sharing that. Okay, I think we got time. Let's get uh, can we get Kristen on from uh, Michigan uh, with a question? Do we have enough time? No, we're We don't have enough time. I'll tell you what, we'll do that next time, Kristen. Sorry, we can't uh, get you on the air today. Uh, Just before we wrap this up today, uh, as we've been talking about finances, it's a very practical topic. In fact, if you study scripture, you'll see that that, um, the Bible speaks as much about finances in one form or another than any other topic, including heaven and hell. And as the scripture says, where our treasure is, there will be our heart also. And so we can reflect on not how much we have, because that's really immaterial to a treasure, because I know people who have a lot yet their heart is not wrapped up in the stuff they have. In fact, their generosity is overwhelming. I know some folks personally who love God and have been very successful financially and yet chosen to live their lives in a way of generosity and sharing and reaching people and caring for people. And I know other people who have very little and are stingy, frankly, and uh, not following God's principles uh, of finance. And so today the message has been God owns it all, we need to be intentional. We need to be smart. And I understand that some have more than others, but it's how we choose to manage what we have in a way that honors God that will make the greatest single difference in our life. So my challenge to you today is maybe to take this show, send it to someone, share it with someone, and say, take a listen to this. Hear the stories of people who are choosing to handle money in a different way. And you know what? What? It may make a change in someone's life, and God gets the glory for that. Thanks for joining us. Again, if you have a comment you'd like to share on our storyline at 888 1717 I hope you'll take a moment and call. Tell us who you are, where you live, what one thing you've learned about money, how being intentional has made a difference in your life, and uh, we'll be sharing that down the road with others as well. Jennifer, thank you again for your work. Stephen, our senior producer, thank you. And uh, Gino for Facebook and all of our Facebook friends who've been uh, viewing and participating today, thank you. Uh, share your comments. And can I just say to Facebook friends, hey, listen, we know the social network, you're the ones that can reach a lot of people more than we can. Would you share things from Intentional Living that you get uh, from us with others? Take time to share it with them Uh, some of the videos that we have, some of the daily Intentional Living Minutes, and our programs as well. We appreciate it. I'm Dr. Randy. Have a great day. We'll see you next time from the Intentional Living Center.